Hello, welcome to this week's edition of SBC This Week, a roundup of news and views from around the Southern Baptist Convention. SBC This Week is hosted by Amy Whitfield and Jonathan Howe. Hey, Jonathan, how's it going? That was an unexpected week, Amy. Well, I, I think it was definitely eventful for you and others where you are and everyone, really. Yeah. Amy, we'll get into story in just a minute, but that was different than anything you and I have ever seen. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, even just looking in kind of history, it's it was a different it was a different kind of week. Yeah. So we'll jump into the news and get going with the show. But before we do that, I want to thank our sponsor each and every week, the Baptist Press Newsletters, BP Missions, Discipleship, Leadership, and Politics. These weekly newsletters offer insightful and thought-provoking content that will deepen your understanding and strengthen your faith. Don't miss out on these valuable resources. You can subscribe over at baptistpress.com slash subscribe right now. That's baptistpress.com slash subscribe for the BP newsletters. All right, Amy, the executive committee announced last Sunday that Jared Wellman would be the recommended candidate for the new president and CEO of the executive committee. And on Monday, they met to consider that recommendation and declined it. They did. We made the announcement a couple of weeks ago that this special called meeting would be happening for a candidate. As you mentioned, Sunday is when the executive committee actually officially announced who it would be. Now, a lot of discussion was already happening beforehand. There was some stuff on social media. There was another news outlet that went ahead and made public that it was Jared Wellman, but the official announcement came on Sunday. And on Monday, executive committee board members came together and they really only had one question. It was uh, yes or no. So there's been, I, I noticed a lot of questions and discussion about this. Uh, so I want to kind of walk through a little bit of that. The way this process works is the the meeting gets called. It can be called only for that one purpose, which is to consider the one candidate. The search committee brings forth their candidate and then they, the the board says yes or they say no. And if it is no, they there's no opportunity to have other nominees from the floor that can't come from the board, a no vote for the candidate, if that is what prevails, actually means that the process is over. That's the end of the road for this committee. And so then the committee is dissolved and they start the process over again. That's all laid out in the bylaws. The executive committee bylaws are very, very specific on this. They have no nominations can come from the floor. They have, you know, this is the question that's being voted on it the fact that it happened in executive session that's specified in the bylaws like this this thing process wise was so tight as to what they could do and so it even also says that what happens is the candidate comes and addresses the full board gets to answer answer questions and then after discussion the board votes by ballot So every single thing that was done on Monday was spelled out in the bylaws. They followed the process. And then when they did, um, at the end, as you mentioned, they ultimately voted to not go in the direction that the search committee had had asked and then to start the process over. So we've got a new search committee. That's That's basically what that means. So we don't have a whole lot of information about the search committee. We do have the names. But yep. they have not met yet, so we may have right. some more information about that later on. That new search committee is comprised of Corey Kane from Tennessee, 
Neil Hughes from Alabama, Drew Landry from Virginia, Sarah Rogers from South Carolina, Nick Sandifer from Kentucky, Nancy Spaulding from Michigan, and David Sons from South Carolina. Important to note that Sons is now the chairman of the executive committee because uh, it was also announced that Jared Wellman had resigned from the committee and as chairman whenever he was announced as the candidate. So just some information there. So David Sons, your new SBC executive committee chairman for now. There's another election, as there is every June for that position. So uh, David has it at least for the next, uh, what is it, six weeks, I guess. Yeah. So this this also raises one thing that I wanted to to clarify as well with you is that in the process, I know there were lots of questions about when Jared resigned from the board. So he essentially recused himself from the search committee. Yes. Back in January. At the, at the time in January, at the time uh, of of being a candidate, becoming considered. And then he resigned from the board when the search committee announced him to the full board. So when yes. he became the candidate, so at each stage, he stepped out of mm-hmm. one thing and was uh, continued to serve as a board member. But then when he was going to be presented to the board, he resigned from the board in that moment. So that's an eventful week. And as you said, it at least, you know, we, we, we kind of uh, laugh or think about using the word unprecedented because we have used that a lot as a society really since COVID-19. But this does seem to be from what we can see, you know, un- unprecedented. And so it was a, a, a really, really big week. And it demonstrates that our processes are never fully predictable. Like you, that at the end of the day, when you come together as a body, whether it's a, a committee or a board or a full messenger body, at the end of the day, you still, everybody still has a moment where they vote and use their voice. And that's what happened. That's what happened here. So, and that other search committee was chosen in the same way. Remember, that's a process that is uh, super specific, very spelled out in the bylaws that search committee candidates are six of them are actually nominated from the floor of the board meeting. Yeah. And so board members nominate and they keep nominating until they're done. And then everyone votes on their six. And then when they vote on that, then the top six. So they all get calculated in the top six vote getters out of that. So it's a it's pretty detailed, complex process and something that when you come into a special meeting like this, you have to be prepared for multiple scenarios. Yeah. So. And they were. So that's done. And uh, and please be in prayer for that new search committee as they begin their work. Something that is precedented. It's the first of the month. You know what that means? CP. That's right. So the April numbers are in for cooperative program, just a hair below budget, 1.4% below the monthly budget. Uh, came in around $15.79 million, which is about $228,000 under budget. But Good news on the year-to-date budgeted amount of $112 million. We're above that by about $1.5 million, so right at 113.6. So 1.32% above budget with five months remaining. So we're in a good spot with cooperative program giving right there at the budgeted amount for this year. Don't forget this year's budget, $192.27 million for the National Cooperative Program Allocation Budget. All right, we got some trustee meeting news this week. Gateway had their trustee meeting last week, and we have a report from Southern California. 
All right. They met and approved their 2023-2024 budget of $12.52 million. They also hired two new faculty members. They hired Benny Wong, who will be Associate Professor of Leadership Formation and Director of the Chinese English Bilingual Program. And That's cool. I didn't realize they had that. Yeah, yeah. And they also elected uh, Phil Hopkins as professor of missions. Um, He's been on faculty there, uh, started teaching as professor of church history, but was elected as professor of missions. So um, look what his PhD is in. uh, Yes, it is in um, Iranian history from the University of St. Andrews. Wow. Yeah. Pretty. That's that's impressive. Yep, pretty significant. Okay. So um, it looks like they had a great meeting, um, some other pieces of business that they they did, just some of the normal things, sabbatical requests, some donations that they received and and things like that. But it sounds like they had a great time. Yeah. So one of the things you talk about, the donations, the Kirkendalls, Michael and Terry, their brothers, they donated an extensive Bible collection. Yeah. It has 1,400 volumes, including... A 1611 he Bible and right. a 1612 she Bible. Yeah. I don't know what that is, but I'll Google I think it I've later. Seen that. I think I've seen that at the Museum of the Bible. Yeah. Or at least a replica of. Right. So, yeah, really cool thing there. They got some pictures of those. That would really be neat to see. So, the Kirkendall collection on display at the Gateway Trustee meeting there in Southern California. So, what is the he and she Bible, Amy? In 1611. First printing of the King James Bible. Uh-huh. There was a print. There's a printing error. Oh, and so there. And there are a lot, but one is in Ruth three fifteen. It said, "And he went into the city," but the correct printing should have been, "And she went into the city." So, if you have a he edition, then that's a true first printing. Ah. And then a she edition is like the corrected version. So it's kind of a big deal. I mean, they say the he and the she, but it's kind of a big deal because if you collect rare books to have that. And so then you have the real, this was the first one. So, okay. So that wasn't the only trustee meeting we had this week. Nam also had their trustee meeting in Vegas and they celebrated the 10,000th church plant since 2010. Yeah. I saw this going all over Twitter. Lots of people sharing that. That's a big deal. Yeah. Big milestone. Added 745 in 2022 and also had a vision tour uh, starting at Hope Church, obviously planted by now Send Network President Vance Pittman, who's the vice president for NAM, but he was the mm-hmm. pastor at Hope and the, the founding pastor of Hope. Right. And they have uh, they, that church alone has planted 82 churches. They also elected Eric Thomas, good friend of the pod, pastor at First Baptist Norfolk, as their chairman. He's going to replace Aaron Bounds, who has been serving as the chairman. Uh, Aaron is from uh, North Valley Church in Odenville, Alabama. We know a lot of the same people because that's where I used to live before I moved to Nashville. Also elected is Jonathan Jarbo, president of the Baptist Foundation of California. He's going to serve as the first vice chairman. Jeff Young, executive pastor at Champion Forest, going to serve as the second vice chairman. Uh, They also reported that the revenue for the year is running ahead of their expenses, and the early giving to the Annie Armstrong Easter offering is showing as strong. Remember, they're coming off the backs of another record-breaking Annie Armstrong Easter offering this past year, and uh, also announced that Brian Bloy will serve as Vice President for Multiplication Strategies for Send Network. He's a pastor at Westridge Church in Dallas, Georgia. 
So a uh, good trustee meeting there in Vegas with our friends from the North American Mission Board. And Amy, some news, a couple of digest items here. First of all, the Missouri Baptist Convention. They are accepting nominations through May for the new Missouri Baptist Convention Executive Director. Yep. They had formed a transition team. Remember, we had announced yep. that, that John Yates had asked the executive board to form a transition team. So they've now opened up an online portal. There's a video with the search committee chairman, Wesley Vance, explaining their search process, and you can submit recommendations online. So now I know where to send yours. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, not. Nope. No. Just kidding. Just now, kidding. As much as I would love to live in Missouri because of what, Amy? Branson. Uh, not doing that. So Not doing uh, that. Yeah. Jefferson City is not Branson. So until they move, I'm going to uh, decline <laughs> to serve. I bet if they moved to Branson, a lot of people would apply. I don't know. I don't know. Speaking of which, speaking of applying to, you know, great locations, we've not heard anything lately from Hawaii. So need to check in on oh. that. So we, we have a few of these open. So we have the BGCT. Remember, they reopened theirs. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago. The Arkansas Baptist Convention is also looking for a new executive director. South Carolina just hired theirs. Hawaii is open. And Missouri. And I think that's all of them right now. Very cool. Okay. All right. Final legal update. Hit the music. Amy, you don't have these yet because they're being published after we're recording, but the lawsuit against Judge Paul Pressler and the SBC has been delayed until October. That was supposed to take place this month here in May, but that has been delayed. Uh, the order came down this week on that. So the Pressler lawsuit that I think many of us have been following, we've been following that for like five years, Amy. That came right. out in October of 2017. So five and a half years have been following this. It has been delayed, that jury trial. And then also the executive committee has filed a motion for dismissal in the Johnny Hunt lawsuit. So remember, Johnny Hunt has sued uh, the executive committee, the SBC, Guidepost Solutions, and the SBC and Guidepost have asked to be uh, dismissed from that lawsuit. The information from that filing also at Baptist Press. So a little legal update here on a Friday at Baptist Press. You can check out those two stories. Amy doesn't even have them yet. They just hit my inbox. So, oh, great. Um, I'm just going to let you you're talk about trust those. Me, right? You're going to trust so me. I got nothing. Yeah. I got so, nothing. Just sitting here in North Carolina. That's going to do it for the news, though, Amy. So I know you've got something for the next segment because it's my favorite part of the week. This week in SBC history, Amy, blow our minds. All right. So we're going to go to 1948. Everybody getting ready to head to Memphis. Oh, train cars. Yes where possibly the largest number of out-of-town newspaper staff correspondents ever would attend a Southern Baptist oh, convention. Wow. C.E. Bryant, the publicity director of the convention, so like the John Wilkie okay. of the SBC, said that many metropolitan newspapers have notified him they are sending members of their staff to Memphis. Now, I'm going to take issue with this BP article. Okay. Jonathan, I'm registering my complaint. Uh-oh. Well, I didn't write it. I wasn't even alive. The headline says, many newsmen to attend. Well, I mean, but they were probably says, men. But then it says uh -oh. that many papers have notified they will send members of their staff to the me meeting. In addition, Miss Lillian Block, assistant managing editor of Religious News Service, oh, wow. will make the trip from New York. Wow to cover the sessions for her syndicate. Newspapers that were sending, so it was not just newsmen, it was also Miss Lillian Block coming okay. from RNS. 
I wonder if that's the first time RNS ever came. I don't know. Could be 48. Ask them. Among, among the newspapers sending correspondence to Memphis were the New York Times, the Washington Evening Star, the Atlanta Constitution, the New Orleans Times-Picune, Dallas Morning News, Fort Worth Star-Telegram, then the Watchman Examiner, which is the National Baptist Publication of New York City, was sending their editor, J.W. Bradbury, and the Christian Century, non-denominational weekly from Chicago, sending their managing editor, Dr. Harold Fee, I think. It's Fee, maybe Faye, F-E-Y. Uh, so it just very interesting. Faye. Yeah. So interesting that uh, we have a pretty good, you know, media contingent oh, that yeah. comes to um, the convention. But it seems like the the largest group ever to that date happened in 1948 and was announced this week in SBC history. Yep. So pretty good if they group. put them up on train cars. I don't know. This was a great year because... Uh, it, for those of you who don't remember, because that was a story I did several years ago, that they were trying to figure out housing all over Memphis. And of course, they had hotels, but they also put some people up in Pullman train cars, like in the train yard. People were staying in houses. They were matching them up with families in churches. It was it was all over the place. So if if you think that that portal that the reservations portal is a challenge or is a logistical, you know, struggle. Can you imagine? Yeah. Like you just send your count thing your blessings, in. And then people, count your blessings. You, you just, you send your request in by mail and then you're told you'll be in train car number six or you'll be uh, staying at this family's house. Yeah. You know, the Joneses are excited to welcome you. That's right. That's right. They have a double bed and yes. three dogs, two cats and a parakeet. Yes. So, uh, so quite quite interesting, I think. I love seeing the how this all went. Yeah. House is full of people. I, I know what that's like right now. Yeah. Yeah. So, You've got some house guests. Yeah, I have some house guests of, of several of them. So yes. it's, it's all good, though. We're, we're enjoying our time together. So my brother and his family are, are with us for a while while they're looking for a house. So Very good. All right. That's going to bring us to our resources of the week. Amy, your resource of the week is... A new kid's book I'm really excited about. Is it by you? No, but it is in the same series. Okay. So, uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer. We, we talked about that on here, haven't we? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But we'll, but we're going to keep talking about it. The, the kid's me. book I'm that, gonna you, be, that you yeah. absolutely hid from me and, and right. did not tell me anything about for years as you worked on it. Right. I've been under contract for a long time and was working on it all this past Had year. Had no idea. It's um, like I don't even so, know you anymore. I know. So it's a right. series. It's a Dietrich new series. Bonhoeffer. Yeah. It's a, this is a new series from B&H Kids. It's the Here I Am biography series. And so the first one, which has released, is Dietrich Bonhoeffer, The Teacher Who Became a Spy. Then, and you can order that one now. It is already available. Um, then for pre-order, the second one is going to be C.S. Lewis, The Writer Who Found Joy. That's coming out in July. Um, that one is Dietrich Bonhoeffer is by Molly Fry Wilmington. Oh. The C.S. Lewis one is by Dan DeWitt. Oh. That, uh, okay. Yeah. yeah. And, and then in October, October 3rd is Lottie Moon, The Girl Who Reached the World. And that's the one that I did. By so, Amy Carter Whitfield. Well, it's just Amy Whitfield. Oh, okay. Yeah. So. So what's the series called? The Here I Am Biography Series. Okay. And, you know, it's, it's kind of like. Younger elementary age, okay. uh, you can, you know, read to the kids or you can, the, you know, for kids who are learning to read. And it was a great, I've never done anything. I've never written a children's book before. So it was a really great experience. But 
the the Dietrich Bonhoeffer one, I just got my copy of it the other day. It is really, really cool. And the artwork, the illustrations are incredible. I love this illustrator. And so it's just, it's a really, really neat series. And uh, I think Dietrich Bonhoeffer is a great one to start out with. Yeah. So. Very neat. There you go. So, to check that out. So, all right. Well, Amy, my resource of the week, I, I, I've got to eat some crow this week. Yeah. Because I messed up. I messed up big time. Of all Let's the things for me to not mess up, I messed up the WMU thing. So Uh-oh. we have the Road to New Orleans. Had right. a big episode about things for women. Also, a big episode about missions. Did Jonathan mention the WMU at all in either one of those episodes? Oops. Nope. Jonathan messed up. So I want to be really clear that as I'm in a different role now, I was not involved with the, any production of the Road to New Orleans. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. You're, you're just... Just throwing me under the bus again. I 100%. messed up right under you. Throw me right under the streetcar, right? I I goofed up and left off the WMU stuff on the road to New Orleans. So I, I kind of made good a little bit this week. We recorded another episode. It'll air in a couple of weeks. But want to highlight it here because Amy, they got a really cool thing going on down in New Orleans this year. So the 11th and 12th, Sunday and Monday. On Sunday, they have a bus trip that's going to take them over to Franklin Avenue Baptist Church. Doctor Fred Luter is the pastor, obviously. Willie McLaurin's preaching that morning over at Franklin Avenue. And then they're going over to the campus at New Orleans for a tour of the Museum of Bible and Archaeology at New Orleans, as well as lunch over there. And you're going to get a copy of Because of Hope, the Reflections of Faith book that they have. I think Diana Chandler has something in there. Uh, Allison Young, our friends of ours, uh, both have stuff in there and probably several other people that we, uh, I don't realize that have info in that. And then on Monday, get this aim, afternoon Creole Queen Paddle wheel cruise. Oh, that sounds fun. Yes. So they have a interactive morning missions opportunity with a retirement reception for David George, the outgoing president of the WMU Foundation, just uh, retired recently, good friend of the pod here. And uh, you get some food and beverages, as well as a tour of the Battle of New Orleans battlefield and an afternoon paddle wheel cruise on the Creole Queen from two to four. So that's kind of cool. And I Very totally forgot cool. about it. So you can that you can register. Awesome. It's only seventy five dollars for registration. That includes all your your trips and everything, and uh, the the stuff for the paddle wheel cruise and everything. It's all taken care of. Seventy five bucks through May fifteenth. So you got about a week and a half or so to get that in if you want to do that. But uh, if you're involved in WMU at all in your church or your state, I encourage you to be a part of the WMU missions adventure and celebration. So. I totally just goofed and did not mention that on the road to New Orleans until recently, but uh, I'm mentioning it here because Carolyn Fountain called me out and she was right. I should have had that in there. Good for you, Jonathan. Yeah. Well, I messed up and I'm owning it right not, here. Not good for you for messing up. Nope. Good for you for coming back. I got a few things on the plate, Amy. I just forgot. So. All right. All right. You, all right. You, thank you for making it right. Yeah. All right. We're glad. And so, if I was coming, I think that would sound, that sounds like a great day. I'm trying to figure out how to work my schedule to get on a paddle boat cruise. Yeah. On one of those big ships that's going to take me out into the, you know, the Gulf for a few days. Yeah. <laughs> Not just the Creole Queen. Uh, not the Disney Dream or whatever it is. I don't know what it, whatever it is there in New Orleans. So, uh, yeah, the cruise ships come in to port right there by the convention center. So, I think they go out on Monday and come in on Thursday or in and out Mondays and Thursdays. I think those are the big days. So uh, okay. just, just FYI on that for folks that are coming, unlike Amy, who's not coming this year. So anyway, 
All right, uh, that's going to do it for the show this week. I'll be down in New Orleans next week doing some last-minute preparations, our last local encouragement team meeting, and uh, try to find some crawfish while I'm down there. Amy, I'll see you next week. See you next week. <laughs>